Get ready to be inspired by the great things happening in rural education. The Rural Scoop will bring you new ideas and innovative solutions. We'll dive into education issues and we'll highlight what's working in your rural communities. You'll hear from a variety of educators, administrators, professionals, and others who will provide relevant and engaging content in each episode. And now, serving up the scoop, here's your host, Dr. Melissa Seydorf. Well, welcome back, Rural Scoop listeners. It is my privilege to be able to talk to another Arizona Rural Schools Association top 10 finalist for our award for Rural Teacher of the Year of 2023. Uh, We just had our rural conference and our guest today was uh, one of the awardees for top 10 finalists. And I'm really excited to be able to talk to him and learn more about what he does in his rural community. And uh, I also have the privilege of working with my co-host, Ty White. And Ty is a teacher that lives actually not far from our guest today. They're both in Cochise County, which we were just talking about. And since I grew up there, we're all Cochise County lovers and and, uh, know what rural looks like in Cochise County. So I'm really excited uh, to have this conversation today. So Ty, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and then introduce our guest? Hi, so my name is Ty White. I teach high school chemistry and this year algebra at Wilcox High School. Um, I've had some really fortunate years. I've met some amazing people. And I'm so grateful that you have let me come on and be your co-host for this. Because I think we have interviewed some outstanding teachers. And and I'm really finding something rewarding about elevating teacher voice and, and putting these people out in the world to share. Yeah, I agree with you. And and so with that, I'm going to pass it on to our guest today, which is Dan Machette, who is a teacher at Tombstone, and let him tell you a little bit more about himself. Thank you. Hi. I, first off, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to join you both on the podcast. It's exciting for me, too. Um, yeah, my name's uh, Dan Matchett. I'm a uh, math teacher at Tombstone High School in, uh, in Tombstone, Arizona, uh, which is famed for the, the shootout and, and two or three different movies about the town. Um, and I, I drive past that area every day as I come into school. So it, it, it is kind of neat to be excited with the, the history of the old, uh, old tombstone. Um, but I, uh, I uh, originally am, am from a military family. My father was in the Army, and I, I grew up traveling around the, uh, the United States and, and overseas. Um, and when I was in high school, I graduated from uh, the General H. H. Arnold American High School in Wiesbaden, Germany, mm-hmm. and came back to the United States um, on a ROTC scholarship and went to Purdue University. It was uh, kind of our family school, and so I went to Purdue and um, got my degree in electrical engineering. And then I, uh, like my father, I went into the Army also. And I, uh, I spent 30 years in the Army. I traveled around the world. Um, I was uh, My primary job was uh, telecommunications engineering. I was a, a signal officer and, and developed our communication systems and uh, operated them uh, around the world. Um, I, uh, besides that, I went to school at George Washington University and got a master's in engineering management. Um, as I was transitioning out of the Army, I went to the University of Arizona to get my master's in education. Um, and most recently, I went to uh, Emporia State University in Kansas and uh, got my Master's of Science in Mathematics. 
Um, and so uh, I, when I retired from the Army, uh, I went, needed a job and uh, eventually ended up in teaching over at uh, Tombstone. So that's that's kind of my quick background. It's a pretty neat story. There's a lot of school in there. There sure yes. is. <laughs> and so were you stationed at Fort Huachuca in Sierra Vista? I was, yes. I was at Fort Huachuca actually twice um, in the from 2006 to 2008. And then the the, uh, the Army sent me and my family overseas to Germany again. Um, so we were in Germany for three years. And then uh, when I finished that assignment, they actually sent us back to Fort Huachuca. So we came back in 2011, and I stayed until I retired until uh, 2013. Yeah, I've heard that. That is a fort that you retire from. Yes. <laughs> so... You traveled the world. You went to all these schools. You you worked as an engineer, worked for the Signal Corps. When did you decide that you wanted to be a teacher? Well, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. I uh, I didn't I didn't fall into it. It wasn't actually on the, the radar screen. It wasn't part of the master plan. Um, I, retiring from the military, I, I still was ready to keep working. I needed something to do. Um, I I always one of the things I enjoyed about the military is it, it's service oriented you're you're working towards a goal that's just bigger than the individual and and i think that stayed with me and i wanted something to do after i retired that that was service oriented um about the same time that i was getting close to retiring our son was getting ready to start his educational journey he was graduating um from uh, buena high school down here in sierra vista and uh, he was looking at his options and he he got thinking about education and so we we traveled up to different schools and talked to the education departments. And while we were doing that, I got thinking, well, gosh, I, I could do that, too, probably. Um, and we have some educators in our family background. And so yeah, there, there is some education back there. And, I, and so I got thinking about that. And I went over to um, our local University of Arizona campus here in Sierra Vista and uh, talked to Dr. Etta Kralovic. At the time, mm-hmm. she was the um, she was the head of the education department down here. And I I walked in and said, you know, I'm I'm an engineer. I've got some math skills. I could probably teach this, but do you even need math teachers? Would I be would I be wasting my time if I tried to do that? <laughs> she she almost fell out of her seat and said, Oh no, we we definitely need in- math teachers. Um, so I am I uh, enrolled in her master's program down there and and got going in it. And um, I, re- when I retired, I'd, I'd only finished half the program. I hadn't even finished the entire program. Um, and uh, and that's how I kind of got into teaching. I just, I, I thought maybe I could do it. I needed something to do after I retired. Um, I, I liked the service-oriented aspect of teaching and how it, you know, of, of shaping, shaping kids. And although it was kind of idealistic at the time, it, it it's still kind of what drives me even now today. So, so it was, what wasn't a big plan, but that's that's kind of how it worked. I love it when plans fall into place when you didn't know that you needed them to do it that way. Yes. <laughs> and so I've got to ask, just because I've met Dr. Kralovic myself, and she's had a part of my story, but um, were you part of that first noise grant that they worked for developing STEM teachers? I was actually before the noise grant. It was the... Um, the border, the, the uh, P2, P2P, it was a, it was part of the Borderlands grant. It was before the noise. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, that's actually where I did some of my coursework too. So 
<laughs> and I went to Buena High School. So it's a small world down in Cochise County. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And my kids graduated from there, too. Oh, nice. So we're just making connections all over the place, folks. So, um, you know, Sierra Vista could be considered suburban. Uh, but when you take away the fort, which is what you're supposed to do, it, it really is a rural community. But Tombstone is even more rural than Sierra Vista. Um, yes, and... And you're teaching in a rural setting. Why did you choose rural? Um, again, it was kind of not exactly a planned. Um, I, I I do have kind of a preference towards rural anyway. I grew up um, well. I grew up in the military, but my family was all in Indiana, and my grandfather was a farmer. And I'd spent you know I'd spend summers out on the farm and um, and enjoyed that rural setting anyway. If I if I could, I'd I'd buy myself a John Deere tractor for my backyard, <laughs> but it, won't, won't fit, so I won't do that. Um, but as I was going through the uh, the education program and I and was getting ready to retire, I, I knew I'd be needing a job. And I, I one day I got on I got on the websites of the different schools, and Tombstone was offering a math position. Um, mm-hmm. And I I didn't look any farther than that. Um, and I, really, my thought was kind of the same as earlier. Oh dear, it's a, it's a math position. Somebody's going to want that, I'm sure. I, I better get on it right away. Um, and so I jumped on. I think I was probably the only person to actually apply, and um, uh, got interviewed out there by uh, at the time Mr. Robert Devere, who was the principal then, um, and and he hired me. Um, so it wasn't wasn't really a, a plan, um, although I I had like I say I kind of had a leaning towards rural environments anyway and enjoyed that. And um, so was, was kind of excited when they, when they decided to hire me and, um, and knowing the history of tombstone anyway, I thought that was, I, I just, I think that's kind of neat to have that connection to the history also. So mm-hmm. um, there was also a book um, and, and I forget the author's name. It was a local author called returning to Bisbee. Um, and, and he, it was a guy who was out, he was actually at the fort in the 1960s. And he, when he got out of the military, um, he didn't, he didn't stay for a career, but when he got out of the military, he too got a job teaching at Bisbee Middle School. This was back in the, the mid sixties. Um, but I, but I really liked his description of just working at a small rural school in that book. Um, and, and so that may have, uh, that may have influenced my decision a little bit also. So, you know, you told us that you teach in Tombstone, and I know that this is something you came to more recently. Is that your only teaching position, or did you teach it all in Buena? Uh, no, that's that's this is the only position I've I've actually taught in in a high school setting. Um, yeah, it's the only school I've uh, taught in. I'm I'm now certified because of my master's in math as a uh, associate faculty member at Cochise College. Um, so I, I have a connection with them, but it's it's to teach as a, a dual credit instructor at at the high school. Okay, so then I'm going to follow that up. Teaching in Tombstone, what are your favorite things? <laughs> like, it, I've, I'm going to share this. I'm sorry, to, if, I don't mean to steal your thunder. If people don't know this, Tombstone's motto is the town too tough to die. There's got to be some great stories about teaching in Tombstone. Well, there 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 are. Um, and just just as a side note, even even to yours, we we have a uh, Walter J. Meyer uh, K through eight elementary school in in Tombstone, and and their school motto is 
the grave diggers. <laughs> so, I, so I'm not I'm not sure how many schools out there you have whose motto is the grave diggers, but that's uh, that's our that's our middle school. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really do enjoy there working there. Um, you know, it is a it's a very rural school district. Our district covers I encompasses 550 square miles of, of just Arizona desert. Um, we have 950 students in the district, about uh, 350 at the high school, and and a little more than half of those students are actually out of district. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that means that we have students who ride on buses an hour or an hour and an hour and a half sometimes one way just to get to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know it makes for a very a very diverse. Uh, set of students who come from a lot of different backgrounds. So you really get to inter- interact with a lot of the different students in that environment um, and and understand where they're coming from. Uh, you know, and, and they all, almost all of them themselves come from a rural setting. And so, you know, I think that's kind of a bond that a lot of the students have that, that, that brings them together. Um, and, you know, so that, that's kind of one of the, some of the things I think that are interesting about it. Um, yeah. The other thing I like is it's, it, it's a smaller school setting. Um, and, and in the smaller school setting, we, you know, we have 350 students uh, at some point in time, most of them pass through my math class. Um, and it, so I get to know the students. Uh, I, I tend to teach the upper level classes. So I, I tend to get some of the students several times Um so in in a rural setting, I think you get to know the students maybe a, a lot better than you might otherwise. Um, you know, there's even students not in my class, and I still know who they are, and you can develop a bond with them. Um, I, you know, so I think you get to know the students a little better. Um, you you get to work with them over time. You get to help develop them and shape them. Uh, you know, help them maybe figure out what their path forward is in life, and and get them started in that direction. So you know, I, I do think there's some advantages working in a rural school like that. And, and that's maybe one of the big ones is you just really get to know your students really well and and, and work with them um, over the course of years, maybe than you would in a, in a larger school. So Dan, you, your, your opportunities that you're talking about with those uh, relationships that you're able to build with students over a number of years is is definitely a plus. But um, there are also some challenges and barriers that come with teaching in a rural setting. Um, can you speak to any of those that you've encountered while you've been in Tombstone? And and if you if you were able to solve them, how did you do that? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there definitely are. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind would be just resources, um, and that's that. That can cut both ways. It's it's resources for the school. It's resources for the family. Um, we, I think, we do a really good job with what we have. Um, uh, other schools and bigger settings, it might be considered very basic. You know, I I don't have all the fancy tools. Um, I've, I've got a smart board, I've got a computer, I've got a whiteboard, um, but that's enough to teach math with. Um, and, and so, you know, our, our school, our school, our school district, uh, uh, Mr. Robert DeVere is now our superintendent. You know, he has done, I think, a very good job, a really great job in marshalling resources and, and making those available to to us at the school. 
Um, but even then, you know, there, there's constraints he has to operate under and there's constraints on the school and, and resourcing terms. Um, so we, we may not have all the, the amenities that, that you would find at other schools. Uh, you know, just for example, our, our, our tennis team and our cross or track team in, in order to practice had to go to a field that was 20 miles away. Uh, because our school, our school just didn't have those. Well, for, fortunately, this year we're getting a set of tennis courts, uh, but our, our track team will still have to travel when they want to go actually practice in a on a track setting. So, so that's that's one of the challenges. Um, one of the other challenges in a rural setting is the you know, I mentioned it earlier, but it's these distances that you have to travel. They're on a bus for a long time. Are uh, if they're if they're on a uh, going away for a sporting event, for example, but they can be on the bus for four or five hours. Our, mm-hmm. our cross-country team's going up to Mesa. Um, they'll get up there, they'll run their meet, they'll get back on the bus, and they'll be home probably about one or two o'clock in the morning. It's it just, yeah, that, that's one of the challenges down here. The, uh, the resources can also affect the families. You know, there is, rural also has a lot of times a low income aspect to it and, and families who either at at poverty live in poverty uh, i think we're, we're we are a title one high school we our current population is a um, is approximately 60 percent in a who are title qualify as either uh, uh the free lunch or reduced lunch um and you know you see that reflected in the students when when Students come from that environment. They don't have resources. You know, if they're having trouble getting food or, or clothing, it, it affects their performance in school. Um, and so you, you see that 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 spill over into the school, and um, and it can be hard for them. I, I I had one poor girl come in one day, was almost in tears, and and because her mother had gotten arrested the night before and thrown in jail, and she was now with the guardian and. And she's coming in, and and I'm expecting her to learn math. Um, so you know, th- those are some of the challenges that you you face, and I'm sure they're not unique to rural, but, but you, you see it because I think maybe you know the the students better. Um, you know how how you overcome those is I, I think is comes back down to knowing your students and 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 understanding them and and being in touch with them and. Um, and you just try to be patient and supportive and, and do as much as you can and you know, tell them, okay, I got it. You, you don't have to take your test today. We'll, we'll figure out a time next week and when, when conditions are better. And, um, so, yeah, there, there are definitely some, some challenges. Um, and, uh, and basically, you just try to be in tune with what those challenges are and, and, and support your students to the best of your ability. Well said. We all hear about how rural teachers and leaders wear many hats. Uh, I've heard people talk about being coaches. I've We talked to one guy who talked about um, taking kids on foreign travel. What are some of the other things you do in your school community besides teaching in the classroom? Uh, yes, that, that's true. I, I'm not a coach. Uh, and, and the, the boy, the coaches who are, they, they sure got their work cut out because they, they teach all day and then they jump on a bus and drive five hours. So, um, uh, no, I uh, I do do a number of other things in the school. I uh, I sit on a number of committees. I'm I'm the high school's uh, lead to the district's uh, professional development committee. So I help uh, help over the course of the summer plan the next year, and then as the year comes into session, we uh, we we 
would roll out that plan and and execute it. Uh, a lot, at the beginning of the year, that's includes a lot of uh, inst- you know just instruction on on new policies and new procedures and um, and so I, I'm on the uh, professional development committee. Um, we have an information technology committee, and because my my former background, I, I sit on that for the district also, and I help uh, help plan some of the IT uh, activities that are going on. Um, I'm the high school's lead to the district for new new teacher orientation. Mm-hmm. So I, so every every summer I get to do the new teacher orientation, um, which is fun because then you get to meet all the new teachers and 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 remember who they are. Um, and, and along with that, then I'm also one of the mentor teachers at the high school. So, um, which is particularly important if, if you're getting a, a brand new teacher and who's never taught before. So I'm, um, one of the mentor teachers. I'm, I'm the math department lead, such as it is. There's, there's just four math teachers. Um, but I, but I kind of act as the lead, the lead math teacher. Um, and, and in that role, I then work to help develop the math curriculum. Um, and, and make sure that we're, we're closely aligned to the state standards and that we, we've got a solid plan that we're following and that everybody's kind of following the same plan. Um, I'm our school's, uh, one of our school's testing coordinators. Um, so not, not much of a, an immediate impact now, but come the spring as we get ready to roll into ACTs and pre-ACTs and Aspires and, and, and AZ science testing and things all that will and my duties will ramp up uh, quite a bit. Um, we also are getting ready to go into our high school's reaccreditation. Um, so now I've been appointed to the reaccreditation team, and I'll probably end up as the lead of the reaccreditation team. And um, and so we have to have to get ourselves to that process. Um, and then uh, the last I, I I mentioned I don't coach a sport per se. Um, but I do stay after school uh, at least twice a week and tutor math. And I, I, I take in all, all, all comers, anyone who needs from help from any, any class. And um, I give them a space where they come and sit and work, just sit and work quietly for an hour and a half. Or if they've got questions, they can, uh, they can ask me questions. So that's the, those are some of the other activities that I'm, I participate in at, in at uh, Tombstone. A lot of hats. Now let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. So, Dan, Ty and I often talk about the term rural advantage, and it's it's interesting to hear what people um, think is a rural advantage for them and for the school that they teach in. What are those unique opportunities that really describe what that rural advantage is for you as a rural teacher? Um, so, so one of the things... Um, I would say is if you know if I look back briefly on my mil- military terminology from my my previous life, um, you know, one of the considerations is that you know units need room to maneuver on a battlefield. You, you need uh, you need flexibility, um, and I I think that concept applies to me at least in my, in my rural setting. Um, is it, it gives me some room to maneuver. Um, you, you have to be, you, you have limited resources. You have to be flexible. You have to be creative. Um, you need to be somewhat adaptable for when, when things don't go the way you're expecting. And, and I think in, in a rural setting, you may have a little more, more flexibility in, in those regards. Um, you know, we're, we're, 
I, I know that in larger schools, I've talked to, to peers at other schools in bigger districts, and you know, they can get very regimented in what they have to do in the classroom. You know, if they're not, if every math teacher isn't doing exactly the same thing at the same time, um, you know, they they they're they're not doing the right thing. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think we get some room to maneuver, to be flexible, to 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 run things. I think maybe. The way we like, we we have pretty good, you know, the, the classroom is my classroom. I get to do what I want to do in my classroom, um, which, of course, is, is a testament to our school leadership also. Um, so I, I think that's one of the advantages that you get at a real school is you just you've got some opportunity to to do things the way you, you would like to do them, to be creative with your students, um, uh, to be flexible when you need and, and change plans. I think one of the other advantages, you know, I mentioned you get to know the students pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also get to know some of the families pretty well. Um, and you know, that may be in a school setting. It may be in that after school setting. Um, and you know, that, that helps develop a lot of respect, you know, that, that goes both ways. When you understand, you know, the families, um, they know you, you know, they're, they're willing to support you. Um, and, and all these things, I think, you know, help help create maybe a tighter bond at the school. And I, you know, I, I think in some of the larger, larger schools where it's more impersonal and you have, you know, thousands of students in the hallways, um, you can lose some of that, that connection and community and maybe even like a family feel. So to, I think one of the advantages at a, at a smaller school is you just out in a rural setting is you get to you get to know the students, you get to know the families, you get to know your fellow teachers really pretty well. Um, and it, 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 it helps break down some of the barriers and create, I think, maybe more of a, uh, a community feel that you might not otherwise have in a, in a larger school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. And, and, you know, that saying that the rural school is the hub of the community really is is the epitome of what you're talking about. It is, you and uh, you know the uh, you see that every Friday night at the football games, uh, you get uh, you know all the all the f- former former graduates come to the games and all the students come to the games and the local community comes down to the games. It's it's actually kind of exciting to go to the go to the games Friday night because everybody's there and everybody's excited. So yeah, very true. <laughs> you, you know, off the air, I always give Doctor Sater for a hard time because I love that rural advantage question. I love what the teachers share with us, but uh, my version of that is I get to ask you about one of your, your proudest moments as a teacher. Like what are those instances where it's just like, you know, this, this is what I was meant to do. And it it rewards all the nights of frustration, all the, what is that moment for you? Yeah. There, there, there are a few frustrations occasionally. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. There, there are things that, that make it worthwhile. Um, You know, couple maybe quick stories um uh, that first year that i had started i transitioned out of the army i was had transitioned into teaching um there is a a world of difference between being in the military and being in a high school um and you know when, when you're in the army and you walk in and and you tell people to do things they they jump to it and they do things and in the <laughs> high school it doesn't quite work like that and um I, that that first year was kind of difficult, and I wasn't sure I had made the right decision. And yeah, I was thinking, you know, end of this year, it's probably time to move on and, and go back to what I know. And, and somewhere in that that second semester, it was in the spring because it was uh, softball season was underway. 
the softball coach had decided that he was going to do something different and and do a bring a teacher to a game event. And he told his players to go out and and get one teacher that you like and and bring that teacher to the game. And then, you know, at seventh inning stretch, um, we'll do a little uh, recognition of the teachers. And and one of the girls in my math class said, Hey, Mr. Matchett, will you come with me and 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 be my sponsor or, or you know be my escort out at the uh, the softball game? And I said, Well, well, sure, I'd be happy to do that. But you know, she I don't think she understood it, but that really made my day and and mm-hmm. and almost I think really turned around my my you know my thoughts about being a teacher. It was like, yeah, I, I didn't quite really, you know, I, I'm I'm struggling as a new teacher myself. Um, I'm not sure if I'm getting to the te- getting even reaching the students, and and she comes up and says, "Hey, I, you know, I think you're that special teacher that I want to take to the softball game," and and that really, you know, for me, really made a, a significant difference. Another time, I had a student who graduated, he, and he was a good student, but you know, doing you know just just like normal students, and sometimes he was paying attention, and sometimes not, and he uh, he graduated and he uh, enlisted in the Navy, um, and good for him. He took for, you know, you, you'll probably recognize that one job. You always see it in the movies when, when they're getting ready to launch an airplane off an aircraft carrier. There's that guy who waves his arms and ducks down as a jet, <laughs> as a jet takes off over him. Well, that was this guy. That's what he was doing. Um, and he got some, some leave from the Navy and he came back to visit the school and he popped into my classroom to just to say hello. And I, I invited him in and say, yeah, come on in, you know, Tell, tell the kids what you're doing. You know, tell us about your life in the Navy. And he he came in and and he he kind of had a, this large large personality to him. And he gets up there and says, "You all better listen to what Mister Match is telling you because this stuff is really important and I need it in the Navy." And I'm sitting there like, "Yes." <laughs> um, so that was that was that was kind of exciting. And and you know, any time you get a student that comes back and and, and tells you about the stuff that they're doing outside of the school. And it's it's just good to see that and, and get that feedback. Um, and, you know, the other the other affirmation I think you get is just like I mentioned, you, you get to help guide students and and, and, and figure out what they want to do and push them off and, um, you know, either get them into the right job field or, or if, you know, if college is what they want to do, get them off into the right college at the in the right major um, you know, we're, I was working with a girl just this week on, on her application, uh, to the Air Force Academy. And, and I think she's gonna, she, she will most likely get appointed to the Academy. And, you know, that's, that, that, that makes you feel good when those, those types of things happen. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, those are some of the things that, uh, that, that stand out to me, perhaps. So, Dan, and now I'm going to be asking a downer type of question, but I think it's important because um, there are a lot of opportunities that happen in rural communities for rural teachers and students. But but there are also, as we've talked about, with the distance that your students have to travel to to come to school even, let alone do any kind of extra activities like athletics and the resources concerns that you have. Um, there are communities all over the state that are dealing with uh, issues that really define some of those hardships that that rural communities are having to struggle with. Um, 
So beyond the things that you know are impacting your students in Tombstone, what are some of those larger issues that keep rural educators up at night that are concerns for those communities? Right. Yeah, um, there are some challenges. There there, there most certainly are. Um, You know, some of them generate on the the student side, uh, the, the the lack of resources, the lack of the, you know, the low income. Uh, one of the things that you see um, is that many students, all they know is what they see, and 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 all they see is the the the, the little place where they live and the school they go to. They have parents who haven't been outside the state. Um, you know, we have students who have, have never even left the county. And we have students who who may have left the county, but they've never left the state of Arizona. Um, and so one of the challenges is just helping students see that there's a bigger world out there that that they're a part of, um, particularly when, you know, all they can see is the, the patch of desert that they drive through back and forth coming to school. Um, so, I, you know, that's that's one of the challenges. And then beyond that, though, it, it's, it is somewhat... Uh, I think aggravated by by other elements of being in a rural setting. Um, I had a girl last year, really, really, really bright girl. Um, she eventually ended up getting accepted and going off to Boston University on a four year. She she went on a four year ROTC scholarship um, on a fully funded um, academic scholarship to Boston University. Um, and she was applying to a uh, it was a here in Arizona a fairly well known scholarship. Um, it, it was through, it's through an Arizona foundation. Um, she had made it through their first round of cuts, but eventually I got an an, e- an email because I had written her uh, letter of recommendation, and um, I got an email as a sponsor saying um, we're sorry, but your your student hasn't made the next cut and and uh, was was cut from the program. And I went out to look at at just to see they had a link of the students who were still in the running. And I went out to look, and every single one of them was from an from an urban uh, urban school, largely from a, a more affluent district. Um, mm-hmm. There was not a single rural school on that 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 list. And and the only reason my student wasn't didn't make it farther was because because of the setting she came from, because she was in a small rural school that didn't have access to the same resources and opportunities that, that students in these uh, larger schools did. Um, they, they didn't consider her any further. Um, and it wasn't unique to her because there, there were no other rural schools in that final list of applicants. Um, and I, I see that as one of the challenges that, that rural schools face is that, you know, when you're competing for those resources, um, you're already a, a step behind the, the schools who have who have those resources. Um, and that's despite being one of the, you know, one of the most, in, in her case, one of the most bright and capable students we've had in quite a long time. Um, yeah, I, 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 there, there are lots of other challenges out there. Uh, um, but th- that's one that I... I see, and I, I mentioned just because it, it was fresh on my mind, and you know, it it, it kind of hit directly because you know this this girl really kind of des- deserved it, and you know she she's doing well in the end, um, but you know here in the state the, the state didn't see that, and that was disappointing. Yeah. Um, 
so I, you know, I, I, I try to keep those things in my mind. Um, and, you know, I, I try to push our students to see beyond the horizon to see, you know, they have a place in the world. It's, it's more than what they can see here. If that's what they want. I, I tell them, you know, you, you're the generation that they'll be going to Mars. And I expect some of you to be on that next rocket ship to Mars. <laughs> I've told my kids, I want them to bring me back a, a Mars rock. Yeah. Exactly. I'm with you on that. <laughs> it's hard to ask this because that's a really heavy one to sit with. And I, I feel your pain on it. I've written the same letters for the same scholarship without it being named. I'm, I'm aware. And you're right. We talk about the need for teachers that resemble our kids. Well, our kids need to be able to see themselves when they apply for those opportunities too, or it's a hard pitch. If they look up the people who win it every year and it's never people who look or come from the same experience, it's a hard sell to them sometimes. It is. And, and that does connect it though. <laughs> what would you tell future educators who are looking to teach in a rural setting? How would you attract those educators to a rural setting? Yeah. You know, I, I, I I, I would I would first off just tell anyone to look at it and consider it. Um, you know, I, I I get it. I've I've traveled around the world. I I know that you know a rural setting is not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I, I've I've lived in large cities and visited large cities, and I understand excitement there. And um, but you know, I, at least consider it. Um, look at those opportunities. You have some advantages. I do think that really. That really get maybe to the heart of teaching and it's teaching is about being in a classroom and in my case teaching math but i really do believe that teaching is is making those connections with the students helping helping mold them shape them become the next few you know the next generation of leaders here um and and that aspect i think is probably hard to replicate in a larger school district or in a more urban school district Um, uh, you know, if, if you really want to make a difference, if you want to really touch people, if you want to um, really be involved in just the, the the entire gamut of the education industry, besides just being a teacher, um, yeah, I, I think rural is probably the place to do it. And so, you know, anyone who's entering the field or thinking about about it should at least you know look at those rural settings where in their vicinity and and at least consider them and and you know see if if maybe that's right for them we agree (laughs) we definitely agree well dan is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that people know about either tombstone or about rural education uh you know the first thing i'd say is if if you get an opportunity to, to come to the town of tombstone do so it's a it's an interesting little town. Everybody should everybody should come at least once. Um, you know, you may not want to come back, but but, but at least come once and see it. And uh, and if you're in the area, then then feel free to stop in uh, Tombstone High School. We're just we uh, we're right there at the edge of town. It, it's hard to miss. Um, you know, we'd be happy to take visitors in and show them our little school and and um, and and talk about our school and and the history of the school and and the town of Tombstone. Um, and what the street other, should they turn on? Uh, well, we're right off the highway. So it's Highway 80, 82, 82 coming south, I think. Um, I know, but this seems like there's a funny name to that street that leads the two. Oh, yeah. Miles. It's a yellow yellow jacket way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're off the yellow jacket way now. It used to be called Gun Club Road. 
That's interesting. That's it. Yeah, okay. There, yeah, it used to be a gun club road. Uh, we're now we're now officially Yellow Jacket Way, however. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, that that's part and parcel of the whole the whole environment there. Right. Um, but you know, the the other thing that I'd like to to say is just just to thank thank you to both of you, uh, Dr. Sadorf and, and Ty. This is a uh, you know. Uh, I think that the mission that the Rural Schools Association is doing is is you know you're you're doing God's work out there and you're 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 really supporting an environment that that needs that support. Um, I know your organization's having an impact, um, and you know from my perspective, I I I was honored to be one of the uh, the, the finalists for the uh, Teacher of the Year. Um, you know that that was exciting to me. It was exciting to attend the conference and and meet meet some of the other teachers. Um, I know the winner this year, uh, uh, Miss Mitkowski. Uh, uh, she's going to be an excellent representative to uh, for the state of Arizona, um, and I know she's going to go out there and do good things. Uh, but for my part, I was just honored to be involved in it and, and, and get to get, get to see the organization and see the organ- the things that the organization is doing. So, I, you know, my hats are off to both of you for the work that you're doing in, in support of you know teachers like me and and others across the state. So, so thank you. Well, I think I think we're all doing important work in all parts of uh, rural Arizona. So so thank you for what you do, because you're out there making a difference for kids, one kid at a time. And I know Tombstone appreciates what you do, as yes. do we. Well, no, thank thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for your time today. It was great getting a chance to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to The Rural Scoop. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, or even leave us a comment. And be sure to follow on Twitter at Dr. Sadorf. That's D-R underscore S-A-D-O-R-F so that you never miss a new release. You can also check out previous episodes of The Scoop wherever you get your podcasts. Production support for The Rural Scoop is provided by Chattanooga Podcast Studios. Find out more at ChattanoogaPodcastStudios.com. See you next time for more great discussions about rural education. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.